welcome to In the Rising podcast. My name is Bettina Brown, and I'm the host of the show, as well as a person really excited to talk about living a life that's in alignment with your hopes, your dreams, and your goals. Basically, wringing life out to just get every drop of joy possible, turning your back on things that are full of shame and blame and do nothing for you in the long run. And my guest today is Chancellor Jackson, and he has taken a moment or several moments, several days, 14 to be exact, of something that can be seen as shameful and negative, and he transformed the rest of his life and opened up a life and world of possibilities through that. So I'm really excited for you to hear what Chancellor Jackson has to share today. So thank you, Chancellor, for being here today on In the Rising podcast, because you have you have a story to unpack, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's wow. been a journey. It's been a journey for sure, for sure, for sure. But you know what I'm saying? A lot was gained from it. You know what I mean? Despite how dark or crazy or scary it may seem, mm-hmm. um, it's very enlightening. It's a very enlightening journey. Very, a lot of self-discovery. Um, learn a lot about a culture. That most people have no, have no knowledge of entirely. You know what I mean? Um, and get doses of spirituality. Um, man, it's it's like a jack of all trades. Honestly, that's why I went number one in so many different genres. Just because it's suspenseful, it's mysterious, it's dramatic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's scary at times. It's funny at times. Just you know what I'm saying? Because of my sense of humor. Um, yeah, it's just a road. It was based on travel as well. Yeah, you know I mean, being in a different country. Um, so it, it, it's a very, very, very great story as well as it is a great read. Yeah, you know I mean. So we're gonna start with the title: Fourteen Days in Beijing. Yeah. <laughs> what were you doing in Beijing in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> so I landed my first job um, in China after I graduated from college in 2018. Um, I was teaching English to children as young as three years old, all the way up to 14. And I went into Beijing on October 10th, 2018. So that's how I ended up out there. <laughs> that was oh, out there. Wow. Yeah. And were you, I have spoken to another teacher actually, who um, was writing books about how to teach overseas. And so was this something that was even on your radar? Like you would want to leave? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's crazy. Just how I even know, even just came across the application to, you know what I'm saying, to, to apply. It, I graduated, well, well, once my football career was over in 2017, so it was my senior year of college, season just ended. I know I ain't going to the NFL, I ain't even trying to go. Um, so I immediately started applying for jobs. Um, I was mainly applying for corporate positions, sales, marketing, management, you know what I'm saying, that, that field. And I was applying, getting interviews, getting flown out, put in hotels, the whole nine for about eight months straight of this process. And I just kept getting told no. Mm-hmm. So here it is. I done graduated. I'm back home, driving Uber. And I'm just like, bro, nah, I ain't go through all of that. You know what I'm saying? Four years of school, doing everything, quote unquote, the textbook the right way for me to just be sitting here. With, you know what I'm saying? Nothing going on, essentially. Um, so I took, re- 
took I took a reapproach to my job search. And I'm like, okay, clearly corporate isn't for you because <laughs> we've been at this for quite some time now, and the result has been the same. So let's look into something different. And I just brought in my search um, engine to globally instead of just domestically. Mm-hmm. And it might that just that small tweak, that one filter, that you know what I'm saying, that's when I came across. Oh, teach English in China. Sound interesting. Basic requirements, nothing, you know what I'm saying? It's easy process to apply. All you gotta do is submit a resume. So I'm like, oh yeah, I I'll do that. Apply. Two weeks later, I ended up getting a job. So after all this time, getting told no, first job tell me yes on the other side of the world. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. So you packed up and and you went over. How did your family and friends take you? I mean, it's one thing to work in another state, like to really yeah. go literally on the other side of the planet and then China. Yeah. <laughs> what did they say? I mean, they gave the recruiter gave me five days to give them a decision because um, they knew it was bigger. You know I mean, you can move to the other side of the world. So it just gave you a good enough amount of time to really rest on it. And, you know what I'm saying, tap in with your family and friends and, you know what I'm saying, make sure it's a, it's a, it's a group decision for you. But I was already sold on it as soon as they say, yeah, we want to move forward with you as a candidate. I was already sold on it. But I'm like, it is a big decision. So let me tap in with the tribe and see what the tribe got to say. I got a green light from everybody. Everybody's like, yeah, do that. I was like, oh, yeah, we lit. Here we come. China, here we come. And China has always been an interest in mine. You know what I'm saying? Ever since I was a kid. In the introduction of my book, um, this we I talk about um, being at the... Uh, having breakfast with my family one Saturday morning. Um, it was me, my mom, my little brother. I'm like seven, eight years old. And she asked me, my brother and I, she said, what's three places in the world y'all want to go? And I make sure that we go. First place out of my mouth, China. She like, why China? So that's where everything is made. That's the only reason I had as, you know what I'm saying? It's like, that's what, because I literally, you look on the back of any product made in China. In China. So I just, as a, you know what I'm saying? Just where I was, I'm like, why is everything made in one place? Like, what is China got going? Like, what they got going on over there? Like, yeah. they own something for everything to be made from this one place. So I was always interested in China, at, you know what I'm saying? Since a young age, just because of that aspect. Um, so this is crazy. As time progressed, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it really manifested. So, yeah, it, it was It was just, it, I feel like it was truly written for me to embark on a journey. So it really wasn't no fear or no, you know what I'm saying, animosity or, nah, it was like, uh, you got to do it. Yeah. Well, you know, it, everyone has a different word for it, but, you know, bigger universe god has a sense of humor too <laughs> you want to go <laughs> wait a few years but we'll go no definitely definitely you know what i'm saying so it's, but that's the power of manifestation you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. seeing something before you physically see it you know what i'm saying you got to envision it got to speak on it write it whatever you know what I mean and then now you'd be surprised so you be pack surprised. your stuff you go to china you're flying over there are you having any reservations at that time not at all. Not at all. Well, technically, I had a layover flight in Seattle for about four and a half hours. So with cannabis being recreational in Seattle, I went to the close dispensary, got high out of my mind. So I was high on vast majority of the flight going into China. So I was just calm, cool and collected. Yeah. But um, I'm a Sagittarius. So I'm very adventurous, and spontaneous and optimistic. So I was really excited. You know, what I'm, I'm like, this is going to be the journey and experience. It's going to be a, a huge adventure. Yeah. 
huge adventure. I'm finna literally be in a completely different world for a calendar year. And I already know when everything's said and done, I'm going to benefit from this in some form of fashion. Mm-hmm. What you know what I'm saying? What's gonna what it's gonna be like when it's all said and done, but I know I'm gonna benefit from this, this experience and this journey. So I was just excited, you know what I'm saying? Literally just to be immersed in something different. Right. So you land and then tell us like what happened. You start, I mean, you just start speaking English to some kids. Like what happened? What is the process? <laughs> so um, I get there, they put me, I'm, I, I'm coming with a, a recruiting class. So it's like 28 of us. Mm-hmm. They put us all up in a hotel for two weeks as we go through training and we're supposed to find housing, our apartments that we're going to leave in once we get to our, once we've, you know what I'm saying, graduate training and move to our actual centers and stuff like that. So um, found an uh, apartment on the east side of Beijing in Shenanlu, the business district. So I'm in the, the area of folks that got money. Um, it was beautiful, too. Uh, very, very beautiful. Uh, and started working in my center and slowly slowly got acclimated into running lessons and then run eventually running my own classes to oh just uh co-teaching with other teachers and then slowly getting my own classes and then yeah i mean just working my way up they very they really literally spoon fed me they really walked me into it versus some of my peers that was man so they got a basic training they was just thrown into the fire like you know what I mean? <laughs> so their experience wasn't as uh pleasurable i would say like mine was so work was a vibe and the kids were amazing. Kids, you know what I'm saying? Energy off the wall. You know what I mean? Kids are kids no matter where you are in the world. Mm-hmm. But they definitely made the job worthwhile for sure. It, we was always, we always had a blast in class. Yeah, I was mainly, I mainly hung out with foreigners for the most part. Yeah, yeah I mainly hung out with foreigners. So I, I really didn't have to speak Mandarin that much unless I'm trying to buy something or, you know what I mean? I'm just out in the actual field field. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah, China was absolutely amazing. And just going on different events, exploring China, I'm in a different world. I, I, I'm not from here. I don't have any family members here, no friends. So everything is going to be brand new and everything's going to be a challenge just because I don't look like, I don't look like these people. I don't speak their language. So it, it, it was just, it was a thrill for me. I had a blast, you know what I'm saying? Just exploring Beijing, um, meeting different people. Man, it was, it, was, it was amazing. Going to clubs, clubs is fine. Clubs lit out there. You know what I mean, so like first, I only did six months total before I got locked up. Well, yes, six months total before I got locked up. So, man, prior to the last 14 days, China was absolutely amazing. The best experience I've ever experienced. And I highly recommend everybody live abroad at one point in time in their life. I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. You'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy it. You ain't got nothing to hold you back either. Oh, man. Gone. <laughs> Get going, get going. So you're here, you're enjoying it. You're, you're so young, you know, like you're, you're just soaking it all in. You're having the good time, but you're also doing something meaningful for these children to help them. You know, it's different when you learn a language from a person that speaks that language all day, all night versus in school, but then you have something happen towards the end of your stay. So describe, describe that. So pretty much April 4th, 2019, chapter one day one um i'm it's day off it's a thursday which is a day off for me um so i got an event i planned in the afternoon to attend with co-workers and friends just go through my typical morning routine um 
before I start getting ready to head to the event, I'm like, I'm a pregame before I go. <clears throat> so I'm in an apartment by myself, just vibing out to my music, drinking some Chinese liquor, smoking some cannabis at my little silver pipe. Uh, once I finish uh, getting faded, start getting dressed. All right. Now I'm just making sure I got everything before I go. Head knocking the door, look through the people. It's three officers from the Beijing police. So um, <clears throat> open the door, they come in, question me about drugs. I'm sitting there playing food like I don't know what they're talking about. And and the drug test me right there on, on the spot. Failed the drug test, of course. Um, they found my stash and then, you know what I'm saying, they throw the cuffs on me and go to one precinct for a little bit. I'm not really doing nothing. They just send me down in the waiting room. Then after we leave this first precinct, we go to another precinct. This one's a lot bigger and I'm housed here for 14 hours. They do conduct my inter official interrogation, which is dramatic within the book because they lock me into this metal chair that locks your legs, like your shins, waist, chest, and arms all into one place like this here. So I'm doing my whole interrogation locked into this metal chair. Only thing I can move is my head. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm still high while all this is going on. So I'm still calm, cool, and collected. Um, after that, throw me back into the hotel cell for the rem remainder of time. Hours pass. They get me from the hotel cell. Take me to the lobby, get my clothes, let me get dressed. So, okay, I'm thinking everything that worked out. They can let me go, get dressed. They take me to the evidence room. Uh, the rest of the cannabis that uh, was confiscated, they weigh it up in front of me. I have 1.4 grams. 1.4, we talking units of measurement, 1.4 grams of anything. It's not a lot. So it's not a lot. I don't have a lot. Uh, and you know, I didn't have a lot of in my possession. Um, so, but document everything, put it on paper, have me sign the thumbprint it. Get back in the van. I have no clue. Nobody explained anything to me this entire time. Once the cuffs was on me and the interrogations was done, that was all communication I, I I received after that. So I have no clue what's going on. I'm just following orders. <laughs> so here we in this van. I don't know where we're going. Time passes. We arrive at the actual jail jail. Go through the nurse office. Go through the typical uh, physical. Um, give me my uniform. Have me change clothes. Put my stuff up in the storage room. Gave me a plastic bowl and a plastic spoon. And walked me to cell 209 where I was housed with. 14 days, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 15 people to one cell, nine wooden beds. So a few blessed beds. So, and how I describe it in the book is like, um, you understand, imagine me like, think back when you was a kid and you had like a little sleepover, a slumber party with your friends or your cousins or something. It ain't a lot of space for everybody else. You have to get make room. Yeah. Imagine that random grown man. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Were you the only foreigner in that group? For the first three days, I was the only foreigner in the cell, only English speaker. So I'm in the cell with 14 other Chinese men, none of whom, which I can speak to. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the first three chapters, which are the first three days, I'm just completely in my head. <laughs> completely in my head. Mm -hmm. uh, chapter four, day four, I moved to another cell, and that's when I'm immersed with two English speakers. And that's when it's just, it's really a shift within the whole story because now all the questions and, and just anxiety that's been built up now we can start, it can start to get re like relieved and we can start getting answers to how this thing, how does the process works? Because here I am, I'm just locked up. I don't know how long I'm going to be here. Nobody knows I'm here. 
<laughs> I mean, I don't know what's going on. It's, it's not looking good for me right about now. But now I'm in a cell with other English speakers who have an understanding of the, the rules, who know the rules of the jail, who knows how this process works. So now it's okay. I can get an idea of how this thing going to play out. But still, I have no clue how long I'm going to be here. I still, mm-hmm. that's, that I never, I never received.